1: something just a little bit different this week we've been focusing on uh, the major league team an absolute you know ton and we're gonna be talking all minor league baseball uh, in this episode and to be able to do this uh, I've called upon uh, guests we've had on previously uh, Spencer Smith uh, the voice of the Bradenton Marauders uh, and he is the Spencer Smith on Twitter Spencer how you doing today brother
2: Hey Craig, doing well? How
1: are you? I'm doing. I'm doing real good, man. Just kind of relaxing. Maybe, hopefully, lounging around in the pool a little bit today. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, we're going to talk some minor league baseball here. Uh, before we jumped on, I was saying that we're we're getting towards almost you know two months into the season. Uh, a lot of Pirates fans uh, getting frustrated. What's going on with the major league team? Uh, Yu Chang uh, coming uh, over from the Guardians for money. I uh, just announced uh, before we jumped on here today that uh, Cole Tucker designated for assignment. Uh, former first round pick came up through the system. So there's just a lot of stuff going on and everybody's just like, OK, we want Mason Martin. You gave us Yu Chang, but we're just going to kind of go up and down throughout the whole system today.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I I definitely uh, I can understand fans passion and pushing for the for the young guys and for the fresh uh, talent to come up from the minors, uh, step in for some of the guys who are either injured or struggling in the big league level. But, uh, you know, Ben Sherrington and player development, they have their plan. They want to give those guys a little more seasoning, a little more time at triple A, double A, whatever the case may be for those respective prospects. But yeah, definitely a lot to look forward to in the minors coming up, uh, whatever, uh, whatever level fans may have in mind. And so, yeah, look forward to to digging into that with you today.
1: I know we could, we could focus and go straight to, to Bradenton because, Basically, you know, Ben Charrington and and the front office stole my thunder a little bit because when I first reached out to you, I was thinking, you know, we haven't seen Anthony Solomito yet. We haven't seen, you know, Lonnie White Jr. and haven't heard anything about him. Uh, We hadn't, you know, heard or seen anything from Bubba Chandler. Everybody's like looking towards the draft last year and they're like... You know, we got Henry Davis, but we were able to get all these other young guys. But, but Solomito made made his first start, and you got to see him out there and that that funky delivery.
2: Yeah, yeah, Anthony Solomito looked good uh, Friday night. He made his professional debut at Lee Con Park against a really tough Fort Myers team. And I really have to tell you, Craig, this is a disciplined and deep, deeply talented lineup like I have not seen in the Florida State League in my two seasons here. Uh, these guys are able to, with shocking regularity, uh, foul off two-strike pitches, take borderline pitches just out, just outside of the strike zone. It reminded me a little bit, if I can make maybe a slight comparison, uh, the Tampa Tarpons team uh, that was stacked for the beginning of the 2021 season. That team saw guys like uh, Anthony Volpe and... Austin Wells, and the list really goes on and on. So this Fort Myers team was difficult, and Salamito had a high, uh, tough task ahead of him for his pro debut Friday. And first inning was a little bit rough for him. He threw 32 pitches, had to face six batters, a lot of effort in that first go-around. But I was really impressed by his way to sort of adapt and make adjustments mid-game, uh, spotting his pitches better, especially good with his off-speed pitches that night. And in talking with him uh, the following day, this past Saturday, uh, he said he was – Generally pretty happy with the way he spotted up his changeup and slurved, especially in his second and third innings after which he was pulled. Uh, says he would, moving forward, like to establish uh, location on the fastball and be more consistent with that earlier on in the game, but said that it was really good to get that first outing uh, off his chest and finally felt good to get into the live game action.
1: Yeah, and it, it was definitely good to see because I know people uh... – they they want to see it's it's a lot different for you know people that have you know maybe watched the NFL or or, or NBA or something you you draft a guy and, and you're immediately seeing him and and you have all these young players like you have you know Bubba Chandler who's a two-way player who you know is is getting into or they you know working on his pitching working on his hitting so it's it's almost like double the work Lonnie White Jr a two-sport athlete who had never really you know, focused on uh, baseball the entire time, and and you know the meadow with the, you know, just being so young and and getting him, you know, just some work in before you throw him into the fire. So a lot of people are looking for this type of stuff to happen, but then you also have to look up and to see you know how many people get promoted because uh, one of the times you were on here previously, we talked about you know you have to make room, you just can't promote a guy. To promote a guy, there's there's other moves that have to happen along the way.
2: Yeah, and I think we saw a little bit of that uh, when Matt Gorski went up uh, from Greensboro to Altoona. A lot of fans were clamoring for him to get a bump up to the next level. That finally happened, but only once a room was created. Uh, so I think with the way that I'm seeing some of the guys performing up in Greensboro to begin the season, uh, you know, maybe moving forward, maybe in the not-so-distant future, we'll see more of them matriculate up to Altoona And then that, in turn, could create more space uh, for for some Marauders players deserving uh, to get that bump up to Greensboro. But, uh, you know, you have to be especially careful with these guys at the lower levels of the system. Many of these guys are still 19, 20, 21 years old. These are key and crucial years of development. Uh, You know, a lot of people, and rightfully so, say AA is the biggest jump as far as talent development. Uh, But, you know, they're they're called your formative years for a reason. Uh, A lot of these guys still in their late teen years or into their very, very early 20s. These these are where you have to kind of uh, protect them and and put them in a position to succeed and not necessarily throw them into the fire where they're going to be overmatched. And, uh, you know, it it takes a lot of patience uh, as as a fan, as an onlooker. uh, But in the long run, you just have to trust what the player development uh, department is doing uh, in helping these guys along to put them in the best position to succeed.
1: Yeah, and and we've talked about this previously, where you know a lot of these guys, you know, you're looking for them in Bradenton, uh, people that are you know new to you know following the Pirates farm system. You would have seen a lot of these guys, you know, I would have seen them up here in West Virginia, would have seen them, you know, over in Bristol, and and so the promotion to and the jump to you know the 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 low A. It seems like it's like that small, tiny little jump, you know, from the Florida Complex League to to uh, to Low A, but it's actually, you know, not as small as it as people are, you know, kind of trying to make it out to be.
2: Oh yeah, because it, for the most part in the Florida Complex League, uh, a lot of guys are not facing, uh, if you're talking about hitters, not facing quite as many advanced arms as you would uh, at the Single A level, and then vice versa. Uh, some of the uh, pitchers not not facing this is generally speaking by the way not facing as many advanced hitters in the complex league as they would uh, at the single a level so uh, you know the complex league is where you're going to see a lot of those uh, high school draft picks and some of the the very young uh, international signees and you know the single a levels where a lot of as we've seen over these past couple of years the guys like uh, uh, Nick Garcia and Logan Hoffman and then going into some of the uh, slightly higher ranked, uh, higher rated high school guys like uh, Jared Jones, for example. Uh, you know the competition is still a big step up, and then you also have to account for the the change in sort of the atmosphere and the surroundings. The complex league you're playing mostly on backfields, not really much of a fan presence there, and you're you're suddenly making the jump here at Single A. To even though it may not necessarily be huge crowds by comparison, you know you're playing in front of maybe a Saturday night crowd of. 1200, 1500 on team's best day and you know you're playing in these big league spring training facilities. So that is a jump nonetheless uh for these guys and you really can't uh can overlook that.
1: Yeah, and I was just like looking up and down. I mean, you know, meadow you got 19 years old. You got uh Carlos Jimenez 19 years old. So and you have guys that you know just Poyo Chen, 20. And these are a bunch of just very very young players. Cheng is is 20. I mean, so there's a lot of stuff uh, that's that's going on and a lot of moving parts. So, but there have been promotions. Uh there have been some guys that you've seen for a little bit down there in Bradenton that have made their way up to Greensboro already.
2: Yeah, Jacob Gonzalez first and foremost was a guy who absolutely set the league on fire through just one month of play and he has not stopped <laughs> since going up to Greensboro in the few days, uh the few games I should say. Uh, following his promotion, I was actually keeping up with his progress, and it seemed every night he was hitting a home run, collecting two or three hits, driving in three or four walk, four runs. And it, it was just exciting to see. And, yes, he is a guy who, who had spent uh, a couple of years previously at the single-A level and is still considered uh, older above the average age, even for the high-A level. Uh, but for a guy who was drafted so early for picking the Giants and then the Pirates, uh, taking a flyer on him in the the minor league phase of the rule five draft this past season, uh, a big get for the organization and uh, definitely deserved a uh, bump up. And I would not be surprised to see more uh, coming soon as we move our way here to the early part of the summer. And uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, late may here in florida you might as well consider it summer already with the way it's been but uh yeah <laughs> uh, go more, more literally speaking the beginning of summer coming up in i think about three weeks from now uh, i would not be surprised we've seen more a couple more guys get that push up to greensboro
1: yeah and another guy i i wanted to kind of highlight uh, is uh, nick domkowski a, a kid that you know didn't get a lot of a lot of push last year because you know you had all those other big names but but somebody that performed and and was able to make the jump up now
2: yeah, Domkowski was just mowing hitters away, and it became uh, evident to us early on uh, that, you know, not only left-handed batters but also right-handed hitters. He was using that changeup. He was using the slider and locating them all well. Uh, he had nothing left to prove at this level, and so he got a, got the push-up uh, early on after just a handful of appearances, and, you know, we, we wished all the best to him, but the uh, bullpen at times has been hurting for, for uh his absence, but uh, you know, guys are starting to figure it out, and, and I think uh, his ability to bounce ideas off of Justin Mice, which uh, Rob, Rob Beertemple of uh, The Athletic, who covers the Pirates, wrote a little piece about uh, Mice and Domkowski bouncing some things off each other with their pitch uh, repertoires, but they're not the only two. These guys, uh, all of them are always talking to each other constantly and always uh, looking for that next way to gain an edge, and uh, Domkowski, I'm sure, is just going to be the first in a long line of pitchers who I know will uh, will get a push up to Greensboro from
1: Bradenton this Also, before we jumped on, we we were kind of talking about how you know how well Bradenton played last year, how well Greensboro played last year, and and people were thinking it was just going to be like you know the Pirates, were, you know, chalking up and and collecting you know minor league championships throughout the thing, and and we had even. You know just kind of talked about guys repeating levels uh yeah and alexander mojica you know he's you know still only 19 years old Uh, you have you know rodolfo melasco he's 20 years old uh sergio campagna he's 20 years old so you have all these guys and and the one that like i have been watching a lot is is mojica and still continuing to kind of struggle with you know the the strikeouts and, and controlling the zone but have you seen any like thing different from him this year than than possibly last year?
2: I have seen remarkable improvement in the pitch selection. He has shown himself to be a lot more disciplined this season and you know we're we're seeing I think fewer swings and misses at pitches far outside of the zone. We're still seeing a fair amount of misses on off-speed pitches that are a little bit off the plate or maybe a little bit down. So the swing and miss element is still very much there, and that's just going to be a part of his game as the power hitter that he is. But the walks, uh, the walk rate to this point, in fact, the uh, the the yeah, the rate at which he's walking right now, he's on pace to uh, far exceed his walk total from last season. So that's a pretty encouraging sign. And as I'm looking up the numbers right now, Mohica's batting average at the moment, okay, right now is at 191. That on-base percentage is 331. And while that's not earth-shattering, Uh, standing in comparison to that low batting average, that's a big sign of promise. And and as he continues to develop and he continues to see more pitches and get more games under his belt, uh, he's going to continue to learn how to handle those pitches that he can best handle and do more consistent damage on them. And and I will add that another thing, another sign of encouragement that I've seen from uh, Mojica, and unfortunately at this very moment I don't have the hard data to back this up, but I have seen what appeared to be much harder hit balls much more regularly this season uh, than we saw last season. Last year it felt like a, a lot more weak contact. This year we're seeing him drive the ball with more authority to all fields. And so that's a big step in the right direction.
0: Are you or someone you know looking to learn how to play a musical instrument this year? Then you should be checking out Westgate Music School. Private music lessons for all instruments including guitar, piano, drums, voice, bass guitar, violin, banjo, ukulele, and more. Are you a vocalist? Are you ready to play a musical instrument and looking to join a group? Westgate Music School offers group classes for rock band, acapella vocal, and barbershop quartet. Plus, it's all online. That's right. From anywhere in the country, you can learn any instrument you want with Westgate Music School. Gift certificates for Westgate are also available. More information, westgatemusicschool.com. I moved
1: kind of up to Greensboro here, and, and there was a, a decent amount of guys that you saw um, last year down in Bradenton that, that are now up in Greensboro. And and we do see guys like, you know, an Andy Rodriguez, uh, after he's kind of had like an up and down but has is, is kind of leveled out a little bit uh, Hudson Head uh, and these are all very young guys just kind of showing uh, the promise but of course everybody will look and they'll be like Mikel Miche- uh, Escoto you're, you're thinking you know that's who you're looking to be be good but then you have you say like, Jacob Gonzalez and Matt Gorski so it's not all going to be like these top ranked prospects that are going to be making their way up
2: yeah, and I think a lot of us tend to fall into the trap of if they're not ranked in the top 30, they're not very important. And I, and I think that's uh <laughs> that's some some false thinking. There are so many guys who are uh even if they're not right on the periphery of the top 30, they they may be uh far fetched from the top 30 that who are still worthy of consideration. You think about a guy like uh Joiner Fajardo for example, who last season was kind of getting a couple starts per series here and there after joining the team in June and continues to perform, hitting three twenty nine right now up at high A. Uh, he is a guy who's, you know, inserting himself into the equation. Uh, but, but, of course, is going to be, uh, I guess, overshadowed isn't the right word, but they, the guys of the Pirates have more invested into, like the guys you mentioned, Andy Rodriguez, Hudson Head, uh, Michael Escoto. But, you know, th- there are just so many so many different men to consider and you you just never know who's going to push themselves above the rest. But I I think a lot of those guys who were down here in Bradenton last season uh, are starting to learn uh, a little more about park factors because that that ballpark that Greensboro plays in, that is a hitter's haven. And I remember uh, reading a quote recently by Matt Gorski saying he liked playing first base a lot more than he liked playing the outfield in Greensboro because any ball hit into the outfield, he said was practically either a single or a home run there. There's no room. He felt to, to move <laughs> around and slide down, fly balls, but that, that's uh, and that's going on to the pitching side a little bit. Some of the pitchers who were here in Bradenton last season are learning to deal with those extreme hitter friendly environments. We're seeing higher ERAs and, uh, you know, not as good numbers as you'd expect from guys like Adrian Florencio, Santiago Flores, and, and you can go on and on with the list, but you know it's it's all part of uh, adjusting to your surroundings and uh and you know adapting as needed
1: yeah cuz you're talking about like florencio a uh, uh, jared jones where you're seeing these numbers where it's like they've given up seven home runs nine home runs but in in my like looking at it a lot of times i'm looking kind of between the uh you don't want to be allowing that hard contact to be able for it to be a home run you know what i mean or you don't want to to you basically want to be striking out as many guys as possible but i'm also looking at like the walks to to strikeout ratio like a jared jones has 54 strikeouts in in 38 and two-third innings florencio is a little bit lower but it's in 30 innings you know he's got he's got 38 strikeouts only 18 walks. Jared Jones isn't really walking anybody. It's like 16 walks in that entire time. So it's a lot of those numbers kind of get inflated and I think the coaches kind of know what they're looking for as opposed to, you know, just pulling up the ERAs and looking down and saying Okay, well, this guy has an ERA over five, so he's not performing well.
2: Yeah, there are so so many more angles to consider when when you're a member of one of the coaching staffs of these affiliates or a member of the player development department. That you know, there's all these statistics and breakdowns that the casual fan uh, will look at. It'll be all Greek to them, Uh, but you know, and here's where I, as a broadcaster, like to. Very gradually ease the more uh, more advanced modern metrics into the broadcast, into the narrative, without overwhelming the listener or the viewer. Uh, because th- I think there there's a lot to be learned, and there's a lot of value in introducing people uh, to some of these more modern metrics and stats and ways of looking at players' performances. Uh, they go beyond the ERA, beyond the batting average, beyond the you know the strikeouts per nine innings. That uh, there's a lot to be learned, and it, it's pretty eye-opening uh, what you can find out about a player's performance on the field uh, by looking at some of those different numbers that are, for the most part, not really in the zeitgeist.
1: Unless you're completely tuned into the minor leagues, you're kind of watching from like the the, the sky-high view. You're, you're not seeing, you know, it's like the 500-foot view. And if you go through and you just like look at the stats. Sometimes you'll be like, "Well, this guy's like really been struggling," but the team will say, "You know, like you said with with uh, Mohica, that he's showing more patience to the plate. It, it's not something that may show up uh, completely. You know, will blow your socks off or, or stick out. You know, in the stat. But if you are actually watching the games every single day, you, you'll kind of be able to see that stuff. So they'll pick out and say." you know, let's move up to Altoona. They'll see, and, and believe me, he's performing. It's 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 showing and it's performing it, it is a pitcher like Mike Burroughs. Like, you're seeing everything happening, but it, it, there's also other guys that, you know, they're like, well, Burroughs has to come up, but I haven't seen anybody else really do anything. It's like, well, you di- it's not that you didn't see them. If you look down through the stats, you really can't find it.
0: And,
2: and there are so many examples of those uh, hidden factors that's, player development and these affiliate coaching staffs uh, know and recognize right away that again, the, the casual onlooker and follower of Pirates prospects may not necessarily notice uh, e- easy example here. O'Neill Cruz uh, who has been hitting for a low batting average and it's, and certainly had his struggles for the first month plus of the season at AAA Indianapolis. Uh, but Ben Sherrington is uh, not just blowing smoke when he's saying that O'Neal Cruz is trending in a positive direction. If you look at uh, some of the batted ball data for him lately, he's absolutely smoking the ball over the field at high velocities. You know, we're seeing exit velos from from him, and, and again, he's not the only example of this, but uh, obviously a high profile uh, example that you can point out. Uh, exit velocities routinely of well over 100 miles per hour. I think we saw like a couple of liners in one game. Uh, like 120 miles an hour off his bats and that, that's those numbers aren't just for show those hard hit balls on average tend to go for hits much more frequently than the softly hit balls so the but for all all the casual onlooker knows those batted balls may be happen to be right into the second baseman's glove second baseman is playing right in the right place at the right time <laughs> and there's nothing uh, O'Neal Cruz or whoever the batter can do uh, can do about that really so it's all about looking at the the big picture and and not getting uh not getting too hung up on the surface level stats.
1: If you want something to be true, if you look at enough stats, you can you can kind of make it true if you if you know what I mean. It's like if you want to show somebody is performing well, I mean, there's probably enough advanced metrics, but it's it's more like the entire body of work uh, that, that that people are looking at, and and I'm looking at like O'Neal Cruz. You know, over the last the last 28 days, one thing that I looked for is, you know, he was striking out at, at a you know, at a huge rate. And now, you know, over the last over the last 28 days, he's got 14 walks to 20 strikeouts. So he's kind of been showing more patience at the plate. So even when he isn't hitting the ball as hard, you know, it's not that he's completely swinging missing either. It's you know, those balls at some point in time are gonna start to drop in.
2: Yeah, definitely. And that's one of my favorite parts of uh, prepping for each game as a broadcaster. I have this page on my game notes template that uh, deals with players' streaks and trends. So, for example, uh, I looked at, I think it was Brendan Dixon earlier today. uh, And what is it? Month of April, Dixon was a regular starting player, mind you, drew three walks, three in the entire month of April. Uh, for a season that started on April the 8th. Uh, in the month of May, 21 walks in a 424 on base percentage. Now, you, you might look at his numbers on the season in that department and be like, okay, that's middle of the road. But, uh, and this goes back to what you were just saying, uh, you know, which direction is the player trending in? Uh, that, that can help tell uh, a story of development and improvement uh, that will not necessarily reflect instantly. Uh, in the overall stats, which understandably a lot of folks tend to gravitate toward.
1: Yeah, and everybody, you want to get, you know, that snapshot, you want to get that, that quick look at, at what a player is or is going to be or what has been. Uh, another one, you know, a big one everybody's looking at was, you know, Nick Gonzalez starting off the year very slow. But if you look over, you know, his past couple weeks' performance, and that's where I kind of look to see, you know, once once the the positive weeks outnumber, you know, the negative weeks, it, it kind of turns into that this guy could be trending in the right direction. You don't wanna to jump on, you know, a, a week's worth of stats. You wanna start to see, you know, something more positive happen. The O'Neill Cruz walk rate. You know, you were saying a Brendan Dixon uh, walk rate, definitely, you know, just being more patient. And and realizing you know that they're they're actually at some point in time going to snap out of you know whatever funk they got into in the beginning of the season.
2: Yeah, and is there a bit of cherry picking to it on the part of a, a broadcaster or a, a writer or whoever it may be? Yes, at times, absolutely. But uh, the the these trends that you see developing when, when you isolate a certain period of time worth of a player's performance from another period of time. Uh, That's something you typically follow as the season goes on. And sometimes that drifts away. Sometimes that, that trend evaporates and it goes back in the wrong direction, unfortunately, but sometimes you'll see a player build on that success and continue to, to develop in that area. And that's where you kind of point to a particular part of the season and think, okay, maybe he made an adjustment, whether mechanically or in approach, or maybe he just heard the right message at the right time from the right coach or manager. Uh, all, all sorts of factors play into
1: that, yeah, and something that you know everybody's you know talking about you know what year this is in in the rebuild and everything. But I mean, this is the first year that that ben sherrington has and and john baker have have put together what they see as like their developmental staff. like every single team has like you know, you have your manager, you have your pitching coach, you have your your head coach, but then they also have you know other people that they're actually putting into place in at each level, which is something new for the pirate system.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You got the development coach and the performance coach of which we have here in Bradenton, Casey Harms, our uh, integrated baseball performance coach and Gustavo Amagna, who was at AAA last season uh, as our new development coach. So they, they all play a role. And one of the, and I hate to say, I can't remember who said it, but over the off season, I believe it was somebody within the Pirates organization uh, said that adding those couple of positions to a coaching staff, especially at the lower levels where, where again, these are sort of younger minds and younger bodies to be melded into the best player they can be. uh, You can equate it sort of to a better teacher to student ratio. If you want to look at sort of a a school and education uh, comparison, and that's especially key here at the lower levels uh, and that. That increased ratio of coaches to players can be very helpful and formative in terms of getting more of that hands-on one-to-one when it's necessary.
1: Get on MIOB TV, watch as many games as possible, uh find the guys out there that are, you know, doing the, the minor league highlights, uh, listen to the broadcasts. I know that that you and uh and the guys from Altoona and, and from Indianapolis have have done some like shows together, just like, you know get on there and, and follow that type of stuff and, and really get invested in minor league baseball.
2: Absolutely. Yep. We've been doing our weekly, uh, weekly farm reports every Sunday with little contributions, highlighting uh, who's succeeding where, and who's been on a hot streak lately. Got to do a little piece on Anthony Salamito. Uh, this past weekend with his uh, after his professional debut and it's always fun to sort of exchange that information and see who's doing what where
1: absolutely and follow uh, Spencer it's the Spencer Smith on Twitter Spencer Smith the voice of the Bradenton Marauders thanks for jumping on again brother can't wait to do this again
2: yeah happy to join thank you for having me Craig
0: now I see the changes in this town they change they say one thing but the next day